Welcome to the Brazilian Zook No Cap Podcast with your hosts, Archie, Ifosa, Jesse, Amber, and Jamie L, where we discuss all things Brazilian Zook honestly and from our perspective collectively and personally. So go ahead and grab you something to drink, grab you something to eat, turn this up, and let's hop into this next episode. behind we're too late for that i know on that note hello hello everybody welcome to the brazilian zook no cab podcast i am your girl your morenita jesse and today with me i have ifosa you archie what's up jamil jamie what's going on (laughs) y'all and amber what's up Okay, guys. So this is the this is an exciting episode for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I'm really excited because it's our make it make sense listener letter listener letter episode. And so we are going to be reading your letters and responding to them. And that's really exciting to get to finally interact with some of you on air. And then the second thing that makes this so exciting is that it is the last episode of season one. And the third thing that I think makes it really exciting is that it is the last episode before we go through a little bit of a rebrand and name change. So I want to start, I don't think we're going to unveil the name change until the beginning of season two. And we're going to start off season two with a special guest. So make sure you tune in. Very mm-hmm. excited to do that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit about season one, because it's been a little crazy. <laughs> what are some of the reflections you guys have after being, are we like 15, 16 episodes into the first season? Yeah, this is episode 15, which is yeah. crazy. Wow, that's yeah, all. no kidding. I it's mean, nice. I'm just, I'm just surprised we were so positively received. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that, like, especially. You know, I just said yes off the cuff because I was like, ah, whatever Archie's doing, you know, it's probably fun. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, it's been low key. We blew up because like people be recognizing me on the street from the podcast. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, listen, for y'all that don't know, I am an introvert in real life. I'm like one of the people to go hide in the corner and it's somewhat overwhelming, but you know, I'm glad we've touched a lot of y'all. Yeah. 
I think that's one of the cool things about the podcast is, is yeah, kind of, I guess, getting recognized and appreciated for the conversations that we're having, you know, saying the quiet parts out loud and, you know, just having the conversations that, that people are talking amongst themselves, but we're kind of doing it on a public platform. So, and then, you know, we get people that come up and tell you how much they enjoy it and how much they can relate and all that stuff like that. It's a good feeling. I was telling somebody who had messaged me that it feels like the right lane to be in. There's very few things that I've done in my life that feel that way. And this kind of feels like one of them. So I'm curious to see where this lane goes. That's That's cool. That's really fascinating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it. I think it's dope. I think that it's cool. I think conversations are good to help the scene grow i think that being in the scene for so long when you're in anything for so long you begin to see stuff if you open your eyes and you're honest you know if you open your eyes and you're honest and you're some even just somewhat educated in certain areas you begin to see stuff that might be the norm but might not necessarily be the best as a whole and it's just dope to be able to kind of talk about that. And I think it's cool because I don't think that we come off as in we have all the answers and we need to be the authoritarians of this and make sure everybody like does exactly what we say. We're literally, I mean, I've always loved doing stuff like this, but we're literally like standing on the side of a wall and like I'm holding like a stick of tea and Amber's like lighting it. And then Jesse's like throwing it over the wall. And then we're like walking away. You know what I'm saying? That's literally what I feel like. Because that's exactly what y'all are. Like, it's literally, I'm just like (laughs) lighting lighting the fuse, starting the conversation, and then letting the community talk about it. Exactly. Basically. I mean, some of these have started on their own, though. Some of these conversations. That's true. And then we've just hit the Mario Kart like turbo boost on them you know what i'm saying yeah because i feel like a lot of people one thing i've learned is a lot of people that are like echo chambery or they're okay with just allowing each other to continue to go forward with the norm enabling they're very like a lot of the enabling people they're the minority they make up the minority yeah and they but they're the loudest yeah. yeah. And the majority is the people who see stuff and are talking about it like in private, but yeah. aren't necessarily saying it out loud. So that's why that's one of the reasons why I feel like every podcast we drop, our inboxes are like blowing up and they're just like, oh, my gosh, yes, we were just talking about this or oh, my thank yeah. you for talking about this. So if anything, I just think that it's dope to see like the conversations go forward because I think those are steps to help stuff grow. Cause that's all we want. We want stuff to grow in a healthy way. And numerically we want people to grow as individuals. I just think that it's good for the scene. Honestly, I've never thought I would do a podcast. And when you first created the group chat to do it, I was really against it just because Stuff like this is not something I'm really comfortable with, or rather, it's something like this where it's just talking and not knowing where it, how it's being received, is what I'm not usually comfortable with. But mm-hmm. this has been a wonderful opportunity to both 
say things that's been on the mind for everyone and myself, as well as the opportunity to learn and grow both individually and also just in the terms of learning from all of you, as well as from those who respond to. I love it. Yeah. I think I'm going to be, I'm going to be completely honest about my journey getting to this podcast. It's a fight. <laughs> yeah, it's a bag. A little bit about <laughs> phone calls, pleading. About how I even got to filming. So when Archie reached out, I was actually somewhere in the middle of my Dallas journey that I shared in the last episode of the Black Girl episode. And I was just like, I had a lot going on, you know, it was just like a heavy moment for me. And yeah. I had to really stop and I had to assess for a moment. I'm like, what role is dance playing in my life? And is it bringing me more joy than it is costing me? And it was like at a point where it was consistently like, no, this is like costing me a lot more joy than it is like bringing back in. And that was devastating because being a dancer is something that I've always identified with. I've always been a dancer. And so to have to leave behind something that you love so desperately, but you know is bad for you, that was hard. And so I had announced it to the other members of the Brazilian Zook No Cap podcast. And I was like, I'm retiring, I'm headed out. So I think my intention with the first few episodes of the podcast was really just, well, okay. So the first few episodes was a lot of like fiery, angry, ranting, and just like bad feelings. And so we actually ended up not airing those episodes. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did it. Oh, shit. Yeah. I completely forgot but wow so, it might be released uh, later please maybe. never ever that was just <laughs> so that was like a fiery passion in my heart just coming out in all the wrong ways and I feel like I stand by what I was trying to express but I wasn't expressing it in the best way and I feel like that's one of the biggest things that I've learned from this podcast is I think there's a lot of people out there that want to share their opinions and they want to be heard but where how you share that information matters you know like you want you may feel really passionately about something and it may be like something that really impacts your life deeply but if you really want to get your message across you need to get it across in a way that's palatable you know what I mean you want to not put out the same intense anger whatever energy that you've been receiving because that just perpetuates a bad cycle Try and if you really want a solution, try and come with solution energy when you're talking about the things that you're talking about. So I feel like that was kind of the first thing I learned from the podcast and that it blew up, which was crazy because honestly, when we're filming here, it feels a live group chat. Like it's just the five of us and we're thinking <laughs> it and like we're all super cozy and there's nobody else responding. Sometimes my roommate comes in and gives me food. It's just such a chill vibe. And so hearing people respond in person and being like, I listen to that podcast. If, yeah. You know, holding back to you what you said, you're like, oh shit, I did say that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, what just got me what just got me was the story of, I for, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot the name, but the couple that I was listening to and they're driving around the freaking mountain side yeah. of I was like, that's crazy. They're like convertible cruising, yeah. listening to the podcast, driving alongside this mountain, beautiful mountain scenery. And I was just like, that's so wow. funny. Yeah. From Canada, shout out. They're awesome people. 
So that's been a little bit crazy. And I think that's also been like a really good reminder if you've ever read the four agreements is to always be impeccable with your word. And I feel like that's just so important, no matter, you know, what level of dancing you participate in, just always make sure that you're impeccable with the words that you use and the intentions that you're, you know, using them for. You know, I've kind of found a lot of healing this podcast. First few years of my career, I didn't really feel like I could speak freely about a lot of these things. And when I did, there was definitely a lot of backlash and punishment. And I definitely feel like that came out during the Black Girl episode. I felt like a lot of anxiety before airing it. And I felt really lucky to have the podcast members like supporting me and sending me love and, you know, helping me to grow as a person and feeling more courage in my words. So it's been like a really crazy couple of months of growth internally, growth externally, which is like the feedback we're getting from this podcast. And then also just kind of seeing that we're able to slowly affect change. And that's really, I think all we want is to be able to make the dance scene. We want it to live up to its fullest potential because I feel like we have the potential to be just the most incredible community of healing and culture and arts and learning. And there's a lot we need to do before we can get to a place where that's true across the board for everyone. So I think that working together and finding community in each other and listening to each other's stories and sharing each other's stories, I think that's one really big step in creating that culture. And I'm just really excited to be part of a team and podcast that's dedicated to doing that for you, you know, delivering to you straight facts, no cap, but mostly opinions. Yeah, bet. So how are we going to do this? How y'all want to do this? Y'all want to just go straight into it or? Straight into it. Ain't nothing to it but to do it. We are about to read the questions and comments and icks and happy thoughts, Peter Pan style, that you guys submitted to us. And we're just kind of going to spitball and see what we think. So I'm going to read them. This is cool. I feel like it's cool and it sucks because I like to get anonymous stuff too and see my reactive expression from it. But you know what? This is all going to (laughs) be the rest of the crew reacting (laughs) some other time. If it makes you feel better, like maybe you can have a Barbie moment. Like maybe instead of surprise, you can just invent a new character with each. I I feel like I'm going to, I feel like my surprise is going to come from y'all's responses. So I still feel like I'm going to be like a level of surprise. I'm that person that gets joy out of watching somebody watch a movie with me for the first time. Like if I really like a movie and then I'm like, yo, let's go see this. And then I get to watch them experience the movie. So it'll be fun. It's pretty cool. So the first... Still, still consider the character thing, though. Consider the accent. <laughs> we would love to see more. Let it bust this, out. Until <laughs> your inner uncle. My inner uncle. Yeah. All right. So this first comment comes from Lindsay Hutton. And Wait, it says... Can you do it with a Steve Harvey voice, actually? I'm curious now. I'm it? really curious. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to... I can't remember how he sounds. I keep on thinking about family feuds. Survey says. I'm going to be sitting here thinking for too long about how he sounds. I'll think about it. But she says, you should do a topic about how bad posture looking down 
in dance, specifically urban kids, is giving everyone scoliosis. So she started off straight off with that comment. So she what, came after the urban kids, folks. She yeah, coming coming at your neck. She really said urban kids is giving oh. people scoliosis. It's true though. Yeah, nah. yeah, my my back was crying. When Are they looking down started. at their feet? Looking down at your feet as you dance? Is that oh. what she's is that what she's hey, talking about? Yeah. Wait, let's start by addressing like the way she presented that. Cause she's I want you to go tell them. But you know how it's like you're cross-talking towards somebody? Like y'all need to go tell them about their posture. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like I, what you say, go tell your daughter. Yeah. Even though we're siblings. I mean you tell we, your we, mom to talk to your sister about something. <laughs> This is no cat podcast. Like we're saying the hard thing, right? We're saying the stuff that people won't say out loud. I kind of, I get. We should do a podcast on whatever you know. People tend to look at their feet in, using us in Kazumba or Urban Kids mm-hmm. because they are new or un. They're like unfamiliar with the dance or the insecurity in their dance. They keep looking at their feet instead of yeah. looking no. up. You know? Oh no. It's pretty common for even, like, everybody to look at their feet. Yeah, I feel like I've seen really good guys, good leads especially. They'll just, their eyes will be pointed down. Really? Is that what this, oh, wow. I think so. It is true. I think part of it is that there are certain people that are seeking connection in the wrong places. Like, somewhere... Somehow somebody told them that they had to connect like chest to chest. And so now like the taller people are crouching down because they feel like they have uh, to yeah. connect chest to somebody else's chest and follows with bigger chest or concaving their chest, you know, because they want to hide like their chest away. Cause I feel like there's so many different reasons why people are trying to like that, ha- you know, besides just looking at the floor, but I absolutely agree that these people have crazy posture or you're forcing your partner to have crazy posture because you're leaning on them putting your weight on them putting yourself in self dips or you're like crushing your partner to you (laughs) so you're forcing their posture to bend fix your posture if you're doing this if you're doing this two to three weekends a month for years you're, you're gonna have you're gonna have back problems if you just walk around like this the whole time you know what i'm saying yeah. yeah fix your postures some of you new people may not be experiencing yet but if you've been if you've been if you're old head in the game and your posture like crap you know but it's concave and all that bro that's because in because I mean that connection takes place in in other dances as well, but specifically dances where they're asking you to connect in your body, like what you were talking about, Jesse. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, I'm not looking at people. Don't no, but what you know what I mean during the JP and Steffi era, like the most recent kind of you know big trend era, like they were doing more tango infusion move, movements, right? And kids has gone through a couple of different flirting with tango moments and tango very much relies on a certain kind of upper chest connection to execute some of those movements so Bro. i think that like the posture has changed a lot depending on what style was popular you know even the tango movements the tango connection looks a lot straighter just on the way the back and spine is versus wearing kids it looks like it's like they'll have the chest connection but it's like concaving it looks more like a c or like a reverse j or something. Yeah. It, it looks weird. So, tango posture is like 
you're set apart like with a base you're you both have a separate base and then you somewhat incline towards your partner that's like tango posture and then herb is posture is like you guys are like two lines in front of each other so the incline part is where I feel like people mess up a lot because you should be inclined towards your partner like that you should be doing your own thing you know so speaking of trends and this is not necessarily part of the question. Oh gosh, and y'all probably gonna be mad. What happened? Do you the trend? Whenever all the follows would do really weird follow styling. Oh my gosh! Which- <laughs> In Urban Kids. Yes. What? <laughs> Are you talking about the the, double the hand helix, thing? Oh. The double helix one where the DNA oh. and mRNA meet all that. Sorry, sorry. Like, I think about fourth grade science. No. no. But like you can pry like my hand and like head neck styling out of my cold dead hands. Like I love hitting a move and then hitting people with the, you know. That's different. The neck style <laughs> is different than the hands being like dun 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 dun. I love they that. doing jutsu. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's me love the, but the thing about it. It was so funny when it started because a few people started it and then everybody just started doing it. So that's funny. if it works. I don't like it when it's like in a bachata context, like when they do, what? you know, those 20 minute long intros they do before bachata demos. I mean, oh, I yeah. feel like you I can't seen, really tell what dance it is. I feel like I've seen starts. y'all do that too now. This is what I'm saying. Yo, like y'all will have the cinematic backdrop and everything. <laughs> No, they'll Don't be follow. like, they'll be like, everybody in the room around us, pull out your phones and turn all yeah. the lights off. Oh my gosh! And then the league pop out of nowhere, like he's saving the, like they're saving the world. My bad, bro. Oh, it's it's so weird. After class demo, why is it becoming like a whole performance thing? It's now a lot of pressure to become like, how can you be the most over the top in your demo? Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> to be honest, I zoop. Zook is not innocent as well either. No, not even close. Oh, absolutely. Oh, not, yeah. not, like, no, no. Talking, not even. Just talking about demos, I was hoping we were going to get there eventually. If not, <laughs> Actually, I was going to bring us there. Point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, a question. lot of demos have gotten, for me, either overly dramatic on the, like, the they're trying to force drama and emotion, or they're overly hype. As uh, in, it looks like athletes are doing this, and I'm like, my my body does not bend and move the way y'all are yeah. doing it. Looks like Maybe LeBron is playing with basketball or something. Yeah, like the, there's a couple of recent demos that I was watching. I was talking to some folks about that. I'm just like, what was this class even about? What? <laughs> like the demo is fired. The song is emotional. Yeah. Motherfuckers cried at the end of the shit. You know the, song but that, like, the song ain't that good. Yeah, I don't like how... I don't like how Zook people they use these songs that like we would never play at a social. We would never play one. Some of them are either West Coast Swing or just too. You play this song to cry in your house by yourself. There's, I don't know why we would like. Yeah, we're not playing this. I mean, it's crazy because I think that demos demos are sway are moving from being demos to being like little mini performances and in my head i'm like this is the point in my mind and obviously archie is not a teacher so y'all can be like 
you're not a teacher, whatever. I'm going to tell you what I think. <laughs> Demos are supposed to be a sum up representation of what was taught in the class done right. socially danced so that way people who are watching it can be like okay this is how this would be danced socially yep. yeah. but then there's some demos where i see where niggas don't even do nothing that they taught yeah like that literally what was taught wasn't even included in the demo okay yeah so slightly different point of view i Shoot. feel like demos have evolved and they are marketing materials for that's true now. agree like 90% of the videos that I've seen from a lot of these teachers, the only reason I know them is because their demo crossed my feed. So I think demos are important and they are like, you don't want to be basic. Like you do want to make it appealing. For sure. Yeah. There are rules. I feel like you should include the move that you taught in class. Yeah. It should be like, yes, it's theatrical and over the top, but it should still feel relatively seamless enough to be like, Oh, they just casually did this on the spot. Not right. It was planned and and like choreographed. Oh my gosh! And then having like twenty minutes of styling shines that drives me nuts. Yeah, this I, is. I would never do that on the social floor. I would never do that. This one yeah. If you're picking my... someone up on in a demo, then yeah, it's no longer. Yeah, that's y'all. That's y'all. Right. Do you remember when Ina picked? Yes. That's exactly who I was yes. thinking about. Yes. yes. That's a whole, yeah, they have mm. that evolved. That evolved too. And then we'll move on to the next question. But that evolved from him picking her up to him like picking her up and then her like doing body rolls in the air while he was holding her. And then like him picking her up and then her like moving her feet, styling while he's holding her. It it evolved. I've seen, I saw the evolution of that. Man, be working out. Yeah. They were like wheeling around the room. It was so extra. But I do want to clarify we're talking about performancey pickups, not like shows of athleticism. Because like JoJo and Jenny do some lifts that are like really cool, like Semba yeah. show, sure. you know, Urban Kids lifts and tricks, or like Thani and Lucas do maybe not like lifts exactly, but they do a lot of really technical athletic stuff. And that I think is different than just theatrics. I want Perform- demos to be more accessible. That performance versus demo. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just time and a place for both things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Get the get the organizer to hire you for freaking performance at the end. Because then you're going to have people social dancing, trying to pick up people and get kicking other people in the face. That's what's yep. going to happen. This yep. is what's going to happen. It's happened. Yes, yeah. for sure. So, okay. Next point. Next. Okay. So this is a question and this is from Warren Holly. And it says for each member. So y'all gonna have to answer this individually. If you had to dance one song for your rest of your life in Kiz or Brazilian Zook, who would your partner be? What's the song and where would it be? Wow. Wow. That's great. Who would your partner be? I'm going to go first. What's good with you? I'm going to go first. Of course I can name my wife. What are you talking about? My person would be Sophia Archie. A song would be anything Archie and Sizzle. Wow. That's great. You dance to your own. Wow! Listen, we would dance to just us, the song that I wrote for her, for our wedding, and we would dance. I don't know. We would dance freaking New Zealand because that's where our honeymoon was at. I'm done. Next. Wow! Now it's y'all's turn. (laughs) He said, "Easy day." That's a 
tough question. When like, I saw that yeah. come across, I was like, oh, bro, this is going to be funny. I'm so excited to hear y'all. Uh, or, this. yo, what's good? With, bro, we, I thought we were homies. What are we doing? Oh, <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, I feel like this is a question worded to get tea out of us. And this- yeah, it's, it's a good question. <laughs> he said, who would- he said, listen, well he, said, he said, well played. one person for the rest of your life. Right. Bro, that is, that's, that, that's funny. I respect that question so much. It's the type of shit I would ask, but I wouldn't be here for that episode. Oh, that we're calling sick. You're like, yo, yeah, we're sick. Yeah, low key. It. Okay, now nah, so let's go. What y'all got? Go, Jamil. You're smiling too hard. Gonna <laughs> no, oh, no, 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 no. We, we know you. We know your answer. Nah, so we like, know what your answer gonna be. Don't know Tell my answer. Actually, I don't think you do. Um, uh, so no. I'm just trying to figure out what song. What would the song be? That's actually the hardest part to be honest. No, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest, like, part. The hardest part. For sure. Like, why am I dancing to one song for the rest of my life? or for I mean, my life? I don't know what is like. Song. Is this like a gun to your head type situation? I don't know what is this. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's, let's say you know your legs is not legging anymore. It's just this. The you got one. You got one go left. Oh my, an anime. You had one charge left. That's it. <laughs> one go left all night. That's oh, it. Gosh. You're done. Okay. Retiring after that. Go ahead. My song will be. Nelson Freitas, Isaiah Moore. I love Nelson Freitas. That's a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I haven't danced with that many people, but I would say this local guy. His name is Wale. I don't know if y'all know him. He kind of low key. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Wale. We're not talking about the rapper. She's talking about the local <laughs> singer. No, right. Yeah. The yeah. Dancer. Yeah. Are you making me luck to get out of this question? <laughs> nah, now nah, I want to hear you, Je- Jesse. Come on. Oh, he's just this guy in my neighborhood. You wouldn't know him. That's wow. so fun. Okay, we, we can find this. We can find this guy. Oh man. No, um, he's real. I promise. He is. He's just not on social media. He's just oh, not on it's so media. convenient. Wale, we talk about the rapper. That's totally getting. No, no, no. He That's- is on social media. He's just not active. That's, he's totally, in the DC. He's he's in the DC Zoo chat. Oh, word! I'm yes. in that chat. We're gonna we're gonna exactly. get the name, put it on Facebook and everything. We're gonna put this in slides <laughs> on Instagram. That's so funny. Okay, we waiting. All right. So the partner would would be Tori. Actually, I knew um, it. I feel I like fucking knew all it. of our dances are pretty fire for the most part, and I am just always enjoying dancing with her. The song, I'm just gonna pick a song for me. I don't care what song she gonna she would she like. Yeah, it's you, you, you the one retired, you gotta pick it. It's for you. Uh song title of it is called El Agosta Jeep. And mm. it's by this artist named Teja Preta. If you heard it, you'd recognize it. But I ain't gonna play it just in case if somehow we get some kind of copyright strike on this joint. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. El Agosta Jibinka. That's the song. Respect. And, and it's Brazilian Zook, obviously. Respect, respect. It's not that surprising, really. It's not surprising. No, nah. that's good. That's a good one. Okay, if I say you first. Honestly, I can't even think of who or the song at all. That's a really cool question. Yeah, I know, but it's like hard <laughs> for me to because for me, there are certain songs I know 
I would want to be my last song ever. But it's thinking about the partners. It's like it's that's hard. Much. So you it's gotta like, you have to like, get out of your head with the song because literally we all have at least like ten or fifteen songs that are just like our favorite yeah. songs and songs that we're not even thinking about right now. So you, it's like almost you gotta be like, listen, I know this probably isn't gonna be my favorite song because I just can't think, but I'm gonna okay. pick one of my favorite songs. Okay. Yeah, it's but it's also like asking you to choose between who's your favorite follow that dance with that is I like. That's, that's right. I don't I don't have a favorite person or follow that I I like dancing with. I just like dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like this particular question is like I said, it's one song for your life. You know, I don't fucking I don't know. So you got to answer, bro. Gun to your head, sure, whatever. Oh, type yes. of deal. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So who's your favorite follow, Fosa? <laughs> Damn, yeah, I've been trying. I keep saying it's whoever I'm dancing with at the moment. So, right. but that's my answer. Whoever I'm dancing, but no, let me true. stop. Um, that can't be it. I mean, truth <laughs> be told, that is my actual answer. If you need a name, yeah, we uh, need a name. We need a name. Her from the dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is tough. Actually, yeah, now I'll go. With, I, I like Nelly. Nelly from True from Oakland. That. Okay. I always have bomb ass dances, and she like usually, not usually. I don't know dancing with her just it opens up things that I'm like, oh, like these are locks and keys that nobody ever touched. But when I'm dancing with her, that shit, the whole door is open. And then the song I would dance to, yeah, the one that pops up is one of my. Hold up, I have to get the name right because. I've always wanted to da- play it. I've danced to it. Softest Place on Earth by Escape. Escape. R&B Escape. Yeah. Hey, nice. Um, that's, that's a song. I'm for that. How is that your song if you never danced to it? I, no, I've danced never to played it. it. I've never, he I've said never he's never played, played it. it. I've danced oh, to it. James okay. has played it. And whenever James plays it, I'm like, I lose my shit. That's my song right there. To make sure that everything makes sense, you gotta make it make sense for it to pass by Amber. <laughs> yep. All right, Jesse, who's the lucky person? Listen, I just decided that y'all are not gonna stress me out about this. I had some amazing dances with Jordan Jungle Rose. I knew you were gonna say that name. Rose and Dallas. Yeah, it was so fire. I, just- I watched your Instagram. That was a good. Got, that was a good. I got video. the video recorded. Yeah. Yeah, Archie recorded this bomb-ass video of me and Jordan dancing. And I think the best thing I love about Jordan is that he, like, he has a very much a I don't give a fuck kind of attitude when it comes mm-hmm. to dancing. Like, he's very present and whatever he feels like expressing, he does it very loudly and, like, without without limitations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would almost compare his interpretations to, like, dancing, like, the way that Louis and Larissa play. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. uh, I can see that. Interesting. I can yeah, see that. He's super creative. Yeah, there are absolutely moments. There's this video of us dancing at One Case, not this past year, but the year before, where it was just like, we completely broke all the rules. Like, we bent a lot of the ideas of what leading and following looks like, how much control I had versus how much he had to the mm-hmm. point where it was like, um, he was giving me direction and I was getting to choose the timing and the amount of my steps and how I interpreted them. You know what I mean? Cool. Those are the best kind of dances. Yeah, it was just like really explorative. And I love yeah. 
trust me with that amount of space. So I say Jordan and the song, I don't know. Whatever's on the radio, I don't care. No, nah, no, nah, you got to pick a song. You can't be the, I don't know. I can accept, I don't know from anyone else, but we all black here. There is no, I don't know. I'm not, I don't do music the same way you guys do. Like, that's I like fine. Music. Let's pick a song that you like. <laughs> okay, so here's the last one that's on my, that I'm listening to. Yana by Chop Daily. That's the last one. Oh, that's thing a good I'm joint. Fired. I like that. Yeah. Respect. Nice. Respect. Dope. I think I took that video. From one kiss. From one kiss. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'll repost it. It was a good video, man. Yeah, post it. So the next question is anonymous. And it says, How does a Fosa manage to be the living embodiment of a dance hug, both on mm. and off the dance floor? Y'all can start. Tell us, Afosa, how are you the living embodiment of a How does it happen? I don't even really know. I do not even know what the hell that means. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm it means you're warm. The- Means you're you're nice and big and cozy and, 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 and welcoming. Cozy. I feel it's, like we were talking about something else, but you're, and you're, you're like, real soft. You're like whenever you, you're like whenever you worked all day and you can't <laughs> wait to get to the bed, and then you lay down and you're just like, ah, oh, yes. You just sink into a fosa, like you just like cuddle in. That's what a, a person wrote this. A person wrote this anonymously, and then they actually said, "I'm just the voice." A lot of people in the scene feel like this. That's oh, it. so why? why go. A lot of people are not Let's telling me go. speaking like, for the people. Let's so, so go. Y- y'all should instead of speaking for the people, y'all should talk to me directly. Like, you know what? what's up? Oh, like, he said, "Shoot like, your shot." Yeah, I'm here. I'm chilling. Like y- mm. y'all have to have a group chat talking about it. Come on. I know. Right. That if right. you were not dark skinned your cheeks would be like. Oh, no, for a fact. That's that's, that's, that's fact. That's fact. My shit would be blowing. All right. So the people want to know, though, so how do you, how are you so, I guess they're asking, how are you so comfortable on and off the dance floor? So, like, I reckon that's your conversation, right? Your conversation off the dance floor. How are you such a smooth talker? So, actually, I could talk about it because I'm translating dance talking to just being comfortable and so on. So, some backstory. Back in high school, I was probably still there. Like I had a serious case of social anxiety to the point where I would micromanage my talking, the way I walked, the way I behaved in any social setting. Well, I couldn't stand people. I was scared of people. So, I wanted to get rid of that in college because I'm tired of it. I ain't like how. I was feeling I didn't like the stress or pressure I was putting myself under. So a lot of things, I read a lot of books and then I did a lot of things that would make me uncomfortable, whether it be, and they may not be big things, but for me, they were super big at the time. Sure. Some great, some stupid, honestly. Uh, there, I did some stand-up comedy no shit. I, I used to read a lot of books. Like I still do, but I would read books by the two, three days in because I was just like trying to consume knowledge on how to talk to people, how what is charisma, like how to engage in big talk, small talk. And some of the biggest things were just like learning how people like to be interact interacted with and how to do that. 
while also yeah. not forgetting yourself. That was the biggest thing. And then I've also did some trainings as well. So, so even when I'm talking with somebody, a lot of things is practice right now. It's not like it's natural. It may feel easier to access because I've been practicing and working on it so much. Yeah. Like I would go out to random places and try to talk to a random stranger and just have conversation and then try me over with them again. Like those would be my goals just to really get me out there. Like one, how to make someone, how to get someone to be comfortable, even if they don't know me really fast and so on. And then go from there. And then within regards to dancing, honestly, I, I mainly do privates with follows. And there are some leads I've done with before, Guy, Jerry, Vinny, et cetera. But the main thing, usually the question I ask is, can you teach me how to dance with you? And mm. in that class, they will tell me principles or we won't go over moves. We'll go over principles of way of movements that feel that are that they like. And because of that, I would like, while I'm in that private, I would take that, but also the things that show up, maybe, okay, maybe I'm too heavy handed there, or maybe I'm not absorbing my body too much or stuff like that. So a lot of that is like learning how the body reacts and also the things people say and also the things they don't say. So while I'm dancing with them, that's why I don't smile a lot because there's so much information going to my head. Yeah, And I'm trying to focus on the comfort side of things which is the moment i smile is when i am not thinking about my partner which see, is which is actually happening more often now because i'm trying to focus more on myself rather than trying to be a pillow or a mattress while i'm dancing yeah so that's how i've that's how i guess i've been a dance hug both on and off the floor interesting i feel like after a while if you train it enough right like the dance hug will start to manifest itself regardless if you're trying to focus as much as you have been in the past you're not you know what i mean you it practice should. it you practice a thousand shots to make the, like the one shot and and the more you practice the more the shots start to go in but so the thing like, is hmm. as a dance yeah it always makes me uncomfortable okay because intimacy and closeness and touch those are I things see, are not, I not. Those are things I don't have access to all the time in my life. Maybe sure. more so after dance, but it's a it is always actually the most of me to dance this dance, and mm-hmm. I do it because I like to dance, but also I like a challenge, and I'm Nigerian, so my ass is stubborn. <laughs> Understood. Osa, I feel like the more I learn about you, like the more I'm impressed by you. Like every time I learn something new, I'm just like, damn, Afosa is just so wise beyond his years, man. Um, I appreciate that. I'm glad we asked that question. Yeah, Yeah, actually. (laughs) It wasn't a bullshit question. I want to synthesize back that you like consistently what I've heard from you all season were stories about you looking at something that you couldn't do you felt like you couldn't do or was a new challenge or was something you were scared of. And you were like, that is exactly what I need to be doing. And you like go at it full charge. There's just, once you decided you're going to do it, you do it and you commit 100%. And that's not a, that's not a small thing to have that level of like passion and drive to follow through because the road isn't always easy. And yeah. And I think the second thing that people should get from that story is that it doesn't really matter what it is. You feel like your weakness is, there's always practice that can be done and there's always a way to improve it. 
I'm kind of actually really similar to a FOSA where I started, I started training in public speaking at a really young age. I was on like the journalism club in fifth grade, but then like more formally, like I started doing competitive speech debates in like sixth grade. And when you have a background like that, and I committed to that all the way up through high school and I got like a varsity letter in it. And when you have a background like that, it becomes really easy to like be able to frame your thoughts and, you know, and speak them in a way that is understood. But it also helps with some of the stuff that I struggle with too, with FOSA, which is like public anxiety or being around people or, you know, feeling understood in moments of duress. All of that is something that can be practiced. So yeah, you're... Damn. And to think that like Afosa, you were just like such an easy person to talk to and to be around. That's absolutely insane. I would have never guessed that about you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. That means it's working. I thought I lost <laughs> I thought I lost a lot of it during COVID because not being around people, I just I went back into deep introversion. And it's still I've always switched between extrovert being an extrovert and then being an introvert, but I felt like I went all the way back to introversion. Yeah. Gotcha. We so, because I feel like, honestly, this is something people need to hear is that life pre-COVID is not the same life as post-COVID. And I feel like there's a lot of people that yeah. struggle True. pandemic, not just in dance, but like generally, there's a lot of people that struggled post-pandemic because they were trying to fit their old life into their new life, like two, three years later, you know? That would actually yeah. be a really good episode. And a last yeah, I'll be going. Yeah. Keep an eye out. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. Next comment, and this is a two-parter. It's kind of long. So the there next comment is from Adayu, and it says, make sense of organizers that are willing to pay 1000 to 1200 plus or even 1500 to teachers for three to four workshops, but think that Anything over $100 an hour for DJs is the most absurd thing in the world. Part two is also organizers for multi-genre events that compare prices. I heard this from one organizer lately who said, how come I can make my entire Salsa DJ lineup for a Congress 40 plus hours for $1,500 and for Kizumba and Brazilian Zook, guys want more than double? Because. <laughs> come on. Salsa DJs don't mix. <laughs> they just press play. This is true. They do just press play. It's I mean, way different. It's not it's, that hard. It's way different. Interesting. No, it's way different. I know. Mic drop. I know very few salsa DJs that oh. are actually DJs outside of like just playing salsa playlists at events. Yeah. And it's cool because I feel like maybe their focus is a little more on song selection at salsa events because salsa music isn't maybe mixed as much, I guess. But we also focus on song selection. I said they focus more as in what they do. I'm not saying that we because that's the only thing they can focus on. That's the only thing that they need to focus on. Yeah. I mean, maybe they can mix if bachata is a little different. Because it you like I know I mean I know like one or two bachata mi- DJs that mix everybody else in bachata I don't they don't mix but I know like one or two bachata DJs that mix so to answer the question I think that for the for the DJ part with the multi genres I think that might be why they say that 
and I think that if you're hiring DJs for multi-genre events, you have to understand what they're doing. And somebody who's actually like DJing in the sense that they're creating a environment in the room with their song selection and how they mix and how they not only mix, but how they place songs together with one another and mix them into one another. Like all that stuff goes into how much they charge him. But no, also like people don't understand the amount of work that his own but and Zoop DJs because we just have so many genres from so many places. That's true too. Yeah, that's very like true. they have no idea. Yeah, Honestly, I want to say two things. One your genre's prices is not our genre's prices. If you guys are operating in a market where you guys are not paying each other, whatever else, like you got to fight for what you want. We had to do that in kids. I feel like a lot of us had to stand together and say, no, we're not going to your event unless you start paying people fair prices, stop asking us to come for free or whatever else. But it is 100% unfair to compare the situation in one genre to the other because not all genres treat people fairly and ask for fair prices. And I feel like we've done a really good job of that in kids, especially cross gender. So my price is my price. This dude said 40 plus hours of DJing for $1,500. Somebody do the math. Like, it okay. It don't make sense. Like, like, what is that? What's that per hour? Down per hour. Per hour? Uh, let me 1500 $1, divided by 40. 1500 divided by 40. That is 37.5. $37 an hour? Is that really what that is? That's what, yeah. Doing the math, yeah. Time out. Is that really what that is? Doing the math, yeah. I'll take a screenshot and send it to the chat here. So, time out. People are getting like, like we'll just round it up. People are getting fifty dollars an hour to do. That's a big round. (laughs) (laughs) No, he stopped at forty. He just went right. right. It's because to me, fifty dollars an hour is ridiculous. You know, but 37, oh my gosh, that's crazy. $37 an hour. That's like, yeah. uh, give a like a general range of what you think DJs should actually be paid as opposed to 50. So people have a context. In my head, I'm going to give a range and I'm going to give a pretty raw, I'm going to give a pretty wide range. In my head, 75 to $125 an hour is not unreasonable for somebody to ask for hourly rate whenever they're DJing. Now, there are some people that charge per night. So instead of charging hourly, they say, if you want me to come out, you have me this whole day and this is what my price is for the day. And it still matches around that price range, give or take, you know, but I mean, 37 is stupid. Who's getting paid 37? If you're getting paid $30 an hour, to fly out to a Congress that is go back up paying $1,200 to $1,500 per workshop to teachers. That's insane, dude. Yeah, that's wild. I right. Put picture, Listen, I put the picture in the chat so the, right. like my math wasn't. DJs, wrong. we need to say we're not working for less than $75 an hour in 2023. Like, okay. That's ridiculous. Let's just stop it. Major congresses, they, yeah. They can afford it if they, they can, can pay the teachers that much. They pay the teachers they way can more than <laughs> Also, the more that you say yes, the more that you perpetuate that behavior. Honestly. That's the thing right there. That's true. 
you, like organizers do talk about your prices so don't think that like your little like oh I'll do this for $75 and they're gonna tell the next organizer like yeah if you press them hard enough you know they'll go down to 75 that's their real price I was always told and I tell this to people too you have to be willing to say no to stuff yep you have to be willing to say that if you want to you know if you want to get if you're just like I don't care whatever which I don't agree with but we've had conversations about this where people aren't necessarily in it for money blah 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 whatever if you are striving to grow your reputation and your business and you feel like you have the um well whatever even if you don't feel like that you have to regardless you have to be willing to turn events down or for events to turn you down so that way you will continue to grow in your in your business because of what your value is so that's wild $37 an hour that's crazy that math is nuts the top one the top question going back to that is on a similar vein, but it says organizers that are willing to pay up to $1,500 to teachers for three to four workshops, but won't pay $100 an hour for a DJ. What do y'all think about that? It's the it's same. Because, it's the same. Yeah, yeah, because organizers value, for some reason, the workshops over the parties, but it's clearly more people at the parties than the workshops. So I don't even understand that. I've always I, said this. I've always I, said that too. Go ahead, Ifosa. Unless you fall asleep, people will always be at the party. They won't always be at class. And that's not to devalue the importance of class because obviously we all need to learn things and be exposed to things. But the main reason we all came into this before we even knew about all this was to dance with somebody. We that, that's, to that's it. And the DJs is going the DJs have to do their thing. And to me, I it's after DJing, it became even more baffling at the behavior. I always thought I was whack before, but after experiencing it, I'm like, yo, I, this shit don't even make sense. And then the crazy part is the amount of pressure that the DJ and bitching that the DJs have to hear from all kind of parties, like everyone. I'm going to throw something out there that might be a hard truth for some people to hear. But some of y'all are not packaging yourself as more than $75 an hour DJs. You know what I mean? Some DJs are, you all lack the most in marketing across the board. Like the best time for DJs, I feel like was during the beginning of the pandemic when everyone was doing like their live rooms and there were mm -hmm. yeah. mixes everywhere. Like I got introduced to so many new DJs during the pandemic but I feel like y'all kind of got lazy and fell off I don't see you guys posting headshots I don't see you posting content I don't see you posting yourself at festivals I don't see you posting mixes what about you why should I pay more than that you know what I mean like how do I know what you're going to produce at my festival I may have seen you once but I don't know if you're consistently going to show up like that you know what I mean make yourself a following there's a couple of DJs that I really feel like kind of nailed that if you want an example I feel like Jovan Casanova is like the king of marketing I think he's incredible at it yeah, um, yes. I think that art's really good at marketing I feel like Kaka's really good at marketing you know I just feel like there's certain DJs that like really get people's attention and I feel like if you want to demand more money besides just showing up and performing what else are you doing I think uh, you're really good uh, at that. 
I, I think Amy's uh, really good at that. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about this. Not all DJs are paid like low wages. There's some DJs that are getting paid paid, right? So what is the difference between y'all and them? It's not necessarily talent. Y'all and them. First of all, don't say y'all and them because you're not. I'm speaking to the person to the asking the question. Okay, so, gotcha. Part of it is probably years. Like some of them have been OGs. They've been through it. So the, the, whatever they claim, whatever they want, that's what they get. I don't think, uh, I, I don't think you I could talk like... to James and he's not getting his price. That man has put in that work and he's been working and developing himself all the time. Yeah, I feel like the producer DJs get paid more. That's for sure. I also think that though marketing is important, and I think that you have to create a lane for yourself. You have to create a name for yourself. People have to know you and recognize you. I've always said this. I feel like a lot of the, like, for example, you don't have a tag. Why don't you have a tag? Why don't you have a tag? This is like branding and marketing. And literally, I remember talking, I think I was talking to <laughs> I was talking to Amber about this. Remember whenever we were talking about how you were DJing and somebody kept talking on the mic and you were like, during my set, this person kept talking. And I was like, bro, if that's me, I'm dropping my tag like three or four times in the middle of this person talking. So people know, nah, this is Archie playing right now. So I do agree with that, with the branding and the marketing thing. I do agree with depending on where you're at in your season or in your career, you definitely need to do something to get your name out there more. But I also think that once you get it out there, like I haven't dropped a mix in forever. I don't necessarily drop mixes anymore. You should. Um, should. I know, but you know why I don't do that. I I know. (laughs) Because I just don't like one. You're from the hip hop culture. Yeah, I don't, I like saving my stuff. I don't like dropping mixes with, because, and this is even a side note. I was talking to somebody about this. I even have, and this doesn't mean I'm holding back. That's not what it means. But I have certain songs that I like love that I'm like, I'm going to experiment with this song at this specific event. Because if I know, if I play, the second I play it, the second I play it, it's done. It's now in the loop. Yeah. It's grabbed by everybody. You know what I'm saying? So I have certain songs where I'm like, I'm going to hold this one until the right moment because once you play it, it's done. It's over. And some of the songs that I have, like some of the songs are like more easy to find, but I have a gang of songs that are just like super underground songs. And so that's one of the reasons. But I do agree that you do have to create <clears throat> a name for yourself. But I also I find a hard time tying the you're not worth what you're worth with you don't promote yourself. Because if you're reaching out to me and you know me and you say, hey, I really want you to come DJ. I did what I need to do for you to know me. You reached out to me for a reason. So this is what the price is. And then you tell me this absurd, but it's well to push back on. You need to market yourself, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Well, you found me for a reason. So I feel like I did market myself enough for that, you know? I do agree with Jesse on the point that people need to be better about marketing, especially DJs. A hundred percent. Also, I we know of teachers, and I see this a lot in Brazilian Zook, where the marketing, they're ghosts on social media. 
They don't post anything. We don't know about their classes. The demos are posted by everyone else, but the, we don't even see them comment on that joint. Sometimes, luckily, they have one someone in the partnership is responsible for that or whatever. But a lot of the artists and teachers I've seen just, I'm like, this is the reason. This is the reason that y'all are asking me to post y'all because y- y'all want more marketing. I'm like, y'all don't do it for yourself. How am I going to do it for you? So I think some of them are bad as well. But the point I'm trying to bring is I don't think that's enough reason because they're still getting bookings. I don't think that's enough reason for the them to get their price and the DJs not to get their price. Right. I agree. I agree. I just thought about something else. What level are they um, at? Like you can't be brand new out here, like still. You know what I mean? If we're trying to be I, that's where I agree with you. That's where I that's where I agree with you. You have like to build if, and that's why I said you have to build up a name for yourself. Like you have to build been, that. But even if you've been in the business for a minute and you're not getting the feedback that you want, like you may have put like 10 years in, but if you've been at the same level for 10 years, then it's time to try something new. You know what I'm saying? Like you've been moving laterally for so long, then you need to like make a new move. You need to market yourself different. You need to update your catalog. Like you just need to keep trying new things for yourself until you start to get the response that you want. Because I feel like, yes, there's a lot of unfairness in the way things happen in the business. But at the same time, like this is really a business about hustle mentality. And if you're not always on your shit and not always pushing to do more, then you're really going to be left behind. Like no matter whether you're a dancer or a DJ, you know what I'm saying? Respect. I respect. What were you going to say, Amber? Right. Regarding why salsa DJs don't get paid as much. I like, because we mix, we play an average of 25 songs an hour because the songs are shorter. And we don't play salsa DJs. Exactly. How many, what are like five, four minute songs in an hour? How many is that? Aren't the songs like eight to ten minutes long? Salsa songs are super long. No. Well, yeah, they can be super long. I mean, just average, you're looking at five minutes. Anyway. Yeah. They play less songs during their set. That's all. Yeah. So to piggyback on that comment, another anonymous person put, is it just me or are DJs never on the main promo artwork in Brazilian Zook? Oh, I'm so glad we finally get to talk about this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for someone to bring this up because it's some bullshit, honestly. <laughs> it's some bullshit. Yo, one, some of the banners and posters we've seen in general, like for now putting the DJ to the side, just how they look, you got some people being squeezed up in the little corner, some people bit bigger than whatever. And it's just it's just weird. Like some of it you could tell it's not professionally done and so on. But yeah, it makes no sense why DJs are not on the promo picture. Hell, sometimes the DJs don't even get announced until much later, or if they do get announced. I really think that there's a lopsided view of the importance of the music at events. When I do the math, and we've done this before, the mm-hmm. music the night parties or the music, if you do, especially now with the addition of day parties, the music makes up more time in the event than the instructing does yeah. at events. And that's obviously not downplaying the importance of teaching. It, it's not downplaying it. 
But I think that it's one of those things where it's, it's not necessarily asking for one to be placed over the other. It's asking for them both to be placed at the same level. But literally, bro, 75% of pro, like main promo artwork that I see, it's always only teachers. Yep. Only instructors all the time. And so... I, th- whenever I saw this question, I was like, bro, somebody asked it and gave us the reason to talk about it. Because, yeah, that, no, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's very interesting. I would be extremely interesting. And somebody will say, teachers bring people because people see teachers and they want to learn from the teachers. So the teachers I... bring the people and so promoting the teacher and putting them big is with this and this and that blah 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 blah, and I'm just like nowadays with the way things are, I feel like it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't make sense that DJs aren't on the promo or advertise because to be honest, at least in I, for the new for the newer dancers coming in where this is your first second third congress, I understand why teachers are there. And they should be. And I understand you may not know everyone or all the things that are happening that are happening within the scene. So you don't know who the DJs are. This is your first, second, third, fourth. You're still coming around, still networking. But for those who've been around two, three, four, five years, eventually you come to a point where, yes, it's great. We have teachers, but we're here to dance. First and foremost, we're here to connect. We're here to vibe out. And not only that, especially in Brazilian Zoo, and I'm going to say, it, it's the same old teachers. <laughs> it's the same old teachers. I'm not even going, I'm not even going bullshit. It's the same old teachers every lineup. So it's like. They can say it's the same old DJs. You could say that. But you know what's different, bro? But te- I feel like DJs are hired more on like local. Like how closer are you to the event? The same DJ won't play the exact same set at every event, though. And I know some teachers won't teach. Huh? Not every teacher. I know that. And I was waiting for you to say that. And that's what I was about to say before you said that. However, with a DJ, you are getting a worldwide catalog of music that's being mixed in for every event, depending on the vibe. And teachers, though they're they're quality and they're qualified and they're important, Y'all are definitely still known for a specific thing as well. You know, it's like this person is very good yeah, at teaching uh, this. That's a big argument because there's some DJs that are like the Tarasho DJ or the Urban Kiss DJ or the Chill Vibe DJs. That could be some DJs too. That's true that you have even DJ. even within that chill vibe. There's my original statement still stands strong. There's still a worldwide catalog of music that's being chosen to play so even if you go and hear someone like dj art who has a specific niche you can go hear him four weekends out of the month and you're still gonna get you can hear him and he will play a he could play a completely different set every single event you take a class with me 
every week, once a month, and you will get a completely different class out of me. I just feel like comparing the two isn't fair. You know what I mean? I, I agree with that. I agree, but I think that it's not like for more money than advocate for more money and I'll support not, you. But if you're like, if you're trying to compare the two, then we're going to argue about it because we're not, like, we're not talking about asking for more money. The specific point was about the flyer promotion thing. Flyer and that's, promotion. and that's why I said at the beginning, it's not about placing one over the other. It's about placing them at an equal place. I agree with that. There's that was the whole that was I, what I the would, person said. I would like more equal treatment. I'm not asking for less treatment for the teachers because obviously that doesn't make any damn sense. No, it doesn't. They're both extremely important. Yeah. They're both extremely important. You need both to for any event to work, you need both. Unless it's a marathon. Yeah. Unless but, it's a marathon. I mean, let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. I will say this, and this is going to be a devil advocate, but it's not really devil's advocate because I just want to ask a question. Are there teaching marathons where there's no dancing at all? There's no parties. It's literally like, hey, come here and teach. Now everybody go home. The, 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 social, the social eventually gets but forced to happen. We just yeah. said, don't compare the two. And you're like, I'm not going to compare the two. And you're like, but do you see? You, and then <laughs> it's really why I'm trying to stay silent because it's just going to be an argument. I, y'all could y'all could argue though. I don't, I don't want to argue. I don't want to argue. And I agree with Jesse. So I'll move on from it. I just wanted to be like, just make it equal. Make it equal. Are we done with this one? Y'all want to move on to the next one? We'll move on to the next one. All right. Next one is anonymous. It says, I'm saying this with love. Although dance may be therapeutic, it is not therapy. Exclamation mark, all caps. Please appropriately address the real issues in your lives, especially when it results in problematic behavior in our community, such as sexual assault, stalking, etc. Dance isn't an appropriate outlet for harmful behavior. So honestly, whenever I hear somebody dance therapy nonsense. Yeah, when they say that dance is their therapy, to me, it sounds like it would be the same effect as saying, yeah, I don't need my diabetes medication. I just dance. It's like... <laughs> is that a fair substitution? That, that is definitely a really good comparison. Because the problems know, are still there. It's yeah. just that you are now affecting everybody else with your problems while we try and work around. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no shame in therapy. I yeah, do it. My therapist is my homie, and she will be till the end of my days. You know, like, it's just such a normal part of life. There's always things that you could talk about that you could work on and even if it's not working on the past it's a really great tool on how to build your future everyone get therapy okay and dance um, therapy if we're thinking about dance it's like an addiction which it is for some people dance you know how people use alcohol yeah. as a way to avoid their real problem dance for a lot of people is avoiding their real problems they think oh i'll just go dancing and I'll temporarily feel better, but they still got problems. I agree yeah. with that. I agree. I mean, people will argue that d- dancing is an outlet that helps them to cope. But I mean, mm, I just I could see the I could see that, but that still to me sounds like escapism a little. I think that it wrapped up alongside an actual therapist is good because it's an outlet it's like whenever you do have a therapist and sometimes they give you advice of yo you probably should do more social stuff 
You know, yeah. you probably should get out and hang around people a little bit more. So it's one of those things where it's like paired with that, it is really dope. But if you're like just treating that as something that is supposed to help you to heal within itself, then it can be dangerous. It can be very dangerous. You know, the next one is why don't people understand? I love it when they start off like that. Whenever they start off like that, this is an anonymous one as well. These anonymous ones be bold, bro. Yeah. Says, why don't people understand that organizers cannot hire everyone? <laughs> DJs, instructors, media team, etc. There's no need to send unrequested info, friend requests, nor quote, how are you? DMs to every organizer. Period. Every organizer hires differently and there's zero entitlement to bookings. Business is relationship based. I'm sorry, but how are you question in the inbox gives the same energy of are you up? Like it immediately irks me. <laughs> State your business. Like I don't yeah. want to small talk. It makes me nervous. Just say what you want. <laughs> Especially if you haven't talked to them in forever. True. Yeah, no. Nah. Amber, was you about to say something? I have a feeling I know who this is. It sounds like a very frustrated organizer. It sounds really specific. I think we all know. Yeah. I know. I think we all know who it might be. Yeah. Listen, there's a way to like cold call someone, okay? Like you have to, this is knowing sales, right? And you have to understand that when you get into the business side of dance, you are now entering the sales realm. Mm -hmm. So when you, the best chance you have of making a sale is first making a connection connection. So networking, we've talked about this so many times. Networking is some of the most important things that you can do in getting around and dance. So when you're at events, introduce yourself by name. Make sure you friend people on Facebook. Create a relationship with them first. Make sure you have something out there that they can see and they can reference, like kind of yeah. build up your own following. And then once you kind of establish that, then you can kind of say, hey, you know what? I love your, you know, make sure you're supporting their event too. Like there's nothing more like uncomfortable than like going to somebody who, you know, has like a really famous festival and you're like, hey, I've never been, but you should hire me as a teacher. Show them that you're supporting them and that this is a mutual connection. And then start talking about, hey, I'd love to come work at your festival. You know what I mean? There's Especially when you're first starting out, there is levels to this. I think a lot of this also, as we mentioned before, a lot of this marketing is super important. You have to put yourself out there. You have to put like a body of work. And usually that body of work, at least ideally that body of work would be at a local event, maybe a lower scale, maybe not a festival, but it could be at a local class, maybe a drop-in. Or if you're a DJ, maybe a local social, something that they can see and attend to. And now, that, does that mean you're going to fly to every city and play at their local social? No, but using that, informa that information, word of mouth, have people talk about you ad nauseum. People will eventually hire you if everyone else is saying hire them. So, plus, I let do me also say this. Sorry. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. Also, you need to get a poster to shout you out on his page. No, I'm joking. But it could help. I ain't gonna hold you. Eight. I, shit. It could, it could help. It ain't that bad. But I only shout out people that I like again. I need to see something. If he ain't shouted you out, he ain't saw nothing. No, nah, but also 
It is. Let me just say this to the EU Kazomba people. Stop messaging the organizers in the USA. We just passing the messages around and laughing at you, okay? The EU Urban Kids Teachers if we want you, we will contact you. PSA. Hi, Key. Just because you're European does not mean we want to hire you. Like, that phase is ended. I was literally about to say, I feel like the North American <laughs> scene has outgrown that. I feel like that's true. Like, you got to come with something, okay? We're a little bit more about technique now. Or show us something interesting. Because we're not just hiring any European. Thank you. Yeah, the infatuation is kind of the way y'all be hide, like the way y'all slide into these inboxes is hey i want to come to florida can you organize an event for me bro that's wild that is crazy they're not even just asking to be on a lineup they're like hey i want to come to your city make something happen it's who are you how do i know you like when was your last demo i'm sorry what you know that's yeah that's incredible that's incredible. Yeah. I will say this to on um, for as far as like the message on top of everything you guys just said to the individual. Also understand one, it's just not financially possible to yes. hire every person for every event. It's just not possible, nor should it be. And this is from the perspective of a lot of us here who think that some of these events have too many people on the lineups. Well, I look at some of these flyers and I'm like, bro, their budget is just like, their budget is either like to the moon or half of the people on these lineups ain't getting paid because some of these lineups are just packed and they're packed with people who are from out of the country, you know? So you're paying for not only their travel and everything else, but then also their fees. And so all that to say, it's just not possible to hire every person for every event that's taking place. And that's something that you got to understand. And that's where the relationship stuff comes in. And also there are a pretty good amount of events, whether they be so, whether they be festivals or weekenders or congresses or marathons or whatever, that you should be able, that if you are pushing yourself out there and you're grinding for yourself, you should be able to find work that you can hit throughout a few couple times to a few times in the month even if you're like trekking getting your grind like getting the grind on for yourself in the early stages plus not even counting all the socials that are taking place that's where i think it really it should really start from those especially if you're based in like the states yeah the local those local socials especially if you're a dj start there create your mixes put them out there have people support you ad nauseum and then go from there honestly this could let people talk for you and also put yourself out there because not every organizer wants to hear a message some organizers you might need to hit up and say yo what's up i'm i exist a lot of it also like i said and like y'all said and like this person said relationship is important so if you have not talked to this person in like a year and then This is what's ironic. You haven't talked to this person in like a year and then something pops up across your timeline that they posted like 10 minutes ago and then you randomly pop up in their inbox. They're going to know random person that I haven't talked to in a year what you're here for. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's part of it. And if they want you, then they'll reach out to you. But I feel like more people focus on the marketing 
marketing yourself and doing the work yourself. And what I mean by that is focus on putting out art, focus on creating a brand, focus on all those other things. And then the gigs will come. You build it. They will come. That's a movie quote. That's a word, dude. Like so many people forget that we are artists. We're artists. You know what I'm saying? Like we, you have to create art. We're not just, if you're out here just to be on a lineup or, you know, just to be on a flyer, like you're going to have to work 10 times harder and you're not going to get what you really want. You have to create the art for it to make sense to hire you. Yeah. Thinking on the uh, the other way around, why would you want to go to an event where the person didn't invite you, didn't hire you or anything like that? You should go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Man, I will say this. Even if they don't mean to, they will treat you different if they reached out to hire you versus if you reached out to them to get hired. They will treat you different. They will teach you. You will get treated differently. And so, yeah. All right. We got three more and then we're going to get out of here. This next one. Is it true? This is anonymous. It says, is it true that the leads don't go out of their way into asking really attractive ladies to dance? The attractive ladies are not necessarily pros, maybe more of their peers. Did I read that right? I think you did. Is it true that the leads don't go out of their way? They're avoiding the attractive woman? Ask attractive ladies to dance. I'm assuming they think the leads are intimidated by attractiveness. But the thing is, I maybe it's just me, but damn near all like most of the ladies in the scene, like ninety nine point nine nine percent are super attractive. Yeah. So it's like the <laughs> default is attractive. I don't know. If you're not asking to dance someone to dance, I'm like, you probably just sitting down or sleeping. I don't really understand. Like, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Mm. I did go to engineering school, so I, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. They said, is it true? So, I mean, I guess y'all answered, I, is that I true? Is that something you need to focus on, whether it's true or not? Like, why is this something that we're even worried about? Are you, if you're worried about, if you feel like you're an attractive woman not getting asked to dance, go ask them to dance. Yeah. If you're worried that you're not, I just don't understand the problem. I'm, I don't I'm, know. Curious who asked the question, and I want to see them because I'm curious. Like, I mean, like, they feel they're attractive, and I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying, what's is up, it, though? Is it true that the leads don't go out of their way into asking really attractive ladies to dance? Now, if you had asked, if you had asked the question, is it true that leads? are not going out of the way to ask follows to dance in general. Right. I, I could say, I would say yes in Brazilian Zoo. That's because once you get to a certain level of m- mediocrity or a certain level of functionality, <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yo, like, I went through it. Shit. Once the moment I could lead a solid, a kind of quasi-solid lateral, I had lines. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Like to me, um, but that's not to say that's that is appropriate behavior or what or not. It's just it, I do think, yeah, like I've once it hits a certain point, the leads are not asking as much, but still like you 
I mean, you still got acts anyway. It's not even, but that's really it. Like the question is, how much do leads really get to ask people to dance? And when they are asking people to dance, I'm sure they're just. From what I hear, they're mostly picking people that they know fill their cup. You know what I'm saying? Don't take it personal. I can like, agree with that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's... So, I don't... I think if you're getting asked to dance 75% of the time, sometimes you're getting asked to dance. Like, you're enjoying... Most of the time, you're enjoying dancing with everybody that's there. But everybody has certain people that they want to dance with. Like, it's just yeah. human nature. We all have certain people. I really want to dance with this person this weekend. So if 75% of the night you're getting asked to dance, that 25%, why wouldn't you take that to be like, all right, who do I want to dance with? You know? Right. I don't know. There's just so many factors that go into, like, why people ask certain people to dance, like, on any given night. Like, sometimes it's, oh, my gosh, like, there's a whole bunch of people here I haven't seen in years. Sometimes it's, oh, I promised this person to dance. Sometimes, yeah. oh, I know this person's a beginner and it's just for their first weekend and they're, like, really nervous. I want to make sure yeah. they feel good. There's, like, a bazillion trillion things running through any given person's head any given night. You know what I'm saying? So, And it's usually not about you. It's usually, it's almost always about the other person. Yep. So you don't take it personal if they're not asking you to dance. Come to see you, Otis. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Yep. And do not try. You're just setting yourself up for failure if you're trying to compare yourself or you're saying, man, I didn't get the same type of dance experience with that person as that previous person that they just danced with did. Don't do that. You're setting yourself up. Yeah. It could be a plethora of reasons as to why that happened. Yeah, exactly. Like they just said, there could be so many reasons. You could, like, I could have never, I could have not seen this person in like a year. And we are like, we love dancing with one another. So guess what? With no cares in the world, we're about to dance for about 45 minutes. Easy. (laughs) Or sometimes. Like the DJ has is going on the section of songs Bro, that you just vibe with. Part. That's you a, just vibe with edge, yo. You know how many times? You know how many times? I will say this: There's some DJs in Brazilian Zouk that there have been times where in my head, like once we get past three, four songs, especially mm-hmm. if it's somebody that I'm really enjoying the dance with, and this happened a bunch in Denver this last time actually, and in my head after three, four, five songs. I'm like, all right, this will be the last one. And then I'm getting ready to end. And then I hear the next song coming in. And I'm like, Shit. dang it. And yeah, sometimes yeah. my feet are hurting. Sometimes I'm like, dang it, I really want to stop. But I'm just like, ah, uh, that's a good. If you're a DJ and you can do that, then you know you're doing your job. If you can make people keep going even when they want to stop, that's what's up. So, but yeah. also the opposite is true. Sometimes I'm like, Hey, we're dancing, and then the song is like the worst song ever for you. That's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. This whole experience we've had is dead now. Yo, I literally, if there's somebody that I really want to dance with, there's been a bunch of times we've been like, yeah, we're going to wait till the next person set, or we're going to wait till the next few songs, because this ain't it. I I do that now. I've learned, okay, certain DJs we got to dance to, and certain DJs we're not. I mean, we could try, but we'll see. All right, two more, and then we're going to bounce. This one says, how do we get men in the scene, keep them in the scene, and make them grow and get the right mindset? This is a question I think about every freaking day. Not men specifically, but leads in general. Mm -hmm. How do we keep that? Honestly, I I think it's confidence. 
especially as a league coming in, I felt in New York, I, I it was a lot easier because you have sensible DJs that are adjusting and playing at BPMs and levels and energies that I could like understand and struggle through to eventually get. But also, you have a good community. They include you. They invite you to the outings. They do that. So I think a lot of it's confidence and fear and a place of belonging. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like a three-parter. That's a lot. That could be a topic in itself, to be honest. But I mean, also, I feel like, honestly, time. Everyone has different stages of their life, and they come and go as they please. It and says get more not... men in the scene. I don't, I don't know what. I don't know. A lot of the guys, myself included, we came here because we wanted to talk to women. And <laughs> I mean, it's not a secret, but <laughs> it, like it's at a point. Plus, but like we have plenty of women sitting out, so it's not like there's not enough women. That's it's, what I was gonna know. Yeah, not, it's, it's like, like it's not enough men, and that's what I was gonna say. It's like it's, it's, the ratio is always. It's leaning it, more towards men, isn't it? No, it's more towards women or more towards it's more women in the scene than men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Like, okay, we, gotcha, gotcha. We've mentioned the shit that happens in the dancing does not happen in real life. So right, right. I'm not entirely sure. I think that I do think that I mean it's we live in a weird bubble also in the fact that in society, yeah, especially within certain communities. It's almost like dudes are looked at weird if they find out that they dance. Like a lot of in a lot of cultures, they're like, "Bro, what, nigga, what you mean you dance? What you talking about?" Like in a lot of a lot of little boys growing up, it would almost be like you get made fun of if you danced, especially in like the That's early, yeah, and then the early to mid nineties. Outside of being like a b boy or stuff like that, but even mm-hmm. in those type of communities, it was just different. Like dudes just. It wasn't like a praise thing if you were a dancer. So I think that can carry over within yeah. the scene, was which is why like maybe a lot of guys don't dance. I'm also a believer that, and once again, I go back to the music because I feel like the majority, especially in Kizomba, maybe not so much in Brazilian Zouk, but in Kizomba in the United States, most people started dancing it because they heard the music first. You were at a los a Latin event or you were at some sort of event and you heard the music and you were like, what is this? This is dope. And then you started dancing and you started wanting to learn to dance. And then obviously you saw, like you said, you saw how beautiful all the people were in there. You're just like, oh man, I, okay, let me step on in here really quick and see if Who I can. path was this? This is absolutely not how I found kids. This is how I found it. I was at... <laughs> I was, me and Sizzle, we danced. It just became such a specific story so quick. I would, I think you would be out. Okay, so let's do a poll. I'm going to put this poll or a question on the podcast and say how you found dance. And we can say Kizumba specifically if you want to, but I will say for me, I'll say Kizumba or Brazilian Zouk because salsa and bachata are very popular. But for me and Sizzle, we were dancing salsa and bachata for years, and I was dancing salsa and bachata for years before me and Sizzle started going out in Houston. And I was at a social, and we were in the bachata room, and I heard, and I was like, "What is that music?" 
And I walked in and the music, it was like Vanda May or like Keisha or Giamato or something was playing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, bro, this music is freaking fire. And that's how I found Kizomba. That's how I found Ghetto Zook and Kizomba. And I think you'd be surprised at how many people had that similar experience. I don't disagree. I'm just saying there are other experiences. Of course. But I think I have maybe a couple of things to react that are a different point of view. If your goal is to keep men, that's a different question versus because I feel like if you want more leads, then we need to stop assuming that every like person that looks like a woman that walks through the door wants to be a follow. I've heard a couple of stories from people where they were like, because I walked in the door and, you know, I'm. I am a woman woman, or I look like a woman that they assume I wanted to be a follow and then vice versa, right? There's a lot of men or people that look like men, whatever, present more masculine. I wanted to be a follow uh, from yeah. day one. And they said, so we need you to leave. Right. I was so, tight. Well, I, I like, I don't know anything. I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. And so it just feels to me like there's a lot of people that, there's a lot of people that could do both or, you know, just want to lead and they're not being allowed to. If you want to keep more men, then you need to allow people to just kind of move around the dance scene the way they want to. I guess either way. I'm interested in if they're talking specifically about leads or if they're talking about specifically about men. I'm Because I don't know what this question is referring to, you know, right. because then it goes into like the get them in the right mindset. and like that part of the question i'll respond to that so i feel like what they're saying is there's a lot of leads and especially when i'm going to talk about urban kids right now especially when we first started urban kids we there were a lot of leads that joined and they were mostly men at that time and they got to a certain level and then they didn't want to push each other anymore you know what i mean it felt like they were self-congratulatory they're like i'm getting all the dances i wanted This is what I'm here for, to just have a good time and dance. And that's all I want to do. But it kind of stagnated the level in the U.S. And so I feel if you want to like really motivate people to train more, one, you need to stop treating leads like they're not people and figure out what's going to motivate them to want to train more. What is it that is keeping you in this environment? What are your goals? What do you want to get out of this? I think that's a huge part of it. And I think number two, you have to create the right kind of environment for it. You yeah. can't just look at somebody and be like, you need to go train more. Yeah. Have a training team, have a weekly training session for like intermediate dancers. You know what I'm saying? Try and putting that all on one person being like, you have to be the best you can absolutely be. Like that's intense. Yeah, not everyone could do that. I yeah, do that's think another thing that could help, at least from my case, representation matters. Seeing somebody that looked like me, and for me, what got me to start West Coast Swing, I typed up, the first thing I typed up was Black Man Dancing West Coast Swing on YouTube. (laughs) The second thing I typed up was Fat Dude Dancing West Coast Swing. And both of them, yo, I saw them, I'm like, they're killing it. And then they were dancing to some R&B joints that I've heard before, or it sounded similar to what I've heard. So I'm like, oh, I could see myself doing this. So a lot of it is representation. And also, I think, again, this is me going back to demos being accessible. I don't know. If I don't believe I could do it, I don't know how often I'm willing to try it. 
Didn't we like, hear somebody say that? Somebody said, yo, I really, I don't know who I was talking to or if it was somebody in here, but somebody was like, man, like, I really like watching Brazilian Zook. I could never do that, but I enjoy watching them dance. Yeah. And I think it's because, like you're saying, if some of the demos are look, they look like too unattainable, then it could possibly turn people off. What were those dances? They were smooth, simple, nothing Look fast, flashy, and like I didn't know what was left, what was right then. But when I looked at the dance, I'm like, okay, maybe I could, I could do what they're doing. It looks simple. It looks easy and simple enough. Was it? Hell no. But it was. I saw myself in the dance. It's a lot easier it, than throwing somebody around the room. Yeah, I mean, I think that's spinning them on your hand like a cheerleader for guys, especially if you <laughs> if they believe they can do it, and then they see people. This is where I think confidence and trust is super important. If there's proof or some type of proof in the future that they could do it, then they'll try it. I agree with what Jesse said too, where she said they can get stagnant because everybody like they're getting all the dances already. Yeah. So what I don't know if that could cause people to not want to continue to grow and not want to continue to take classes whenever it comes to that part of the perspective. There's a lot of guys that are like, I don't need to keep, I don't need to take classes. I'm good because I'm getting dances and I'm good to go. And Brazilian Zuka, I was, we were not getting dances. I was not getting dances when I first started. And then I know a lot of guys is kind of similar to that, where it's like, you come in that first year or two is just a year of suck. Like it is probably one of the worst experiences, at least for me. I just want the worst experiences. That I've ever had, and a couple other guys and a couple other leads have said, "Yo, you just suck ass <laughs> for a year. It's a, nobody dance with you. The people that do give you some time, they just cutting <laughs> off at one, two songs. They like good time for you to log out. It is just oh, you see Yo. them dancing five hundred songs with another person. I'm like, damn. But hey, you want, once you get through that though, you good. Yo, in your opinion, in your opinion, yeah." Is there a dance, partner dance genre where women or follows are more? <laughs> I to start some Archie. I feel like you're about to start something. Is there a dance genre where, where follows are specifically more willing to be like, nah, nigga, we not dancing <laughs> because you're not that good? <laughs> I mean, because I've well, met, bro, I remember, bro, I'm not going to get into the story, maybe in a later podcast, but I've definitely experienced in my early stages of dancing salsa where I've experienced that whenever I was at the very beginning. Yeah, when where I was it, dancing the child today, someone told me, yo, you could do better than that mid dance. I was like, oh, I was, and my ass actually tried, right? Then I was pissed, but I was like, what? I was so stunned that I actually tried dancing better. Like, was this in New York? Yeah, it's in New York. Bro, bro, New, bro, New Yorkers are straightforward already, it's di- too. It's different. It's some different shit. It's, the, salsa, it's the salsa seat in New York is like a freaking wolf, a wolf cage, bro. Are they mostly Latino? That's yeah, that's who told me, yeah, you get step your game up. I'm like, no, 100%. Yeah. That's yeah, that was my, okay. I mean, I, I feel like the only situation in which that would make sense is if it was a whole bunch of Latinos because they really just they gonna let you know. Yeah, but yeah, it was, that, that was rough. 
Man. All right. So we're going to get out of here. We've been on here for a while and I'm not breaking this up. I'm posting this whole thing. Yeah. And so the last message, this last one is a good one. It's a good okay, one. It says it's anonymous and it says, thank you for this podcast. I've enjoyed all the topics so far. Amber and Jesse are doing great jobs highlighting the black woman issues. I can't think of any other topics to highlight right now. So I'm just going to say, encourage you guys. Keep doing these things from Canada with love. That was the last one. Thank you, Canadian. Canadians are so nice. I love Canadians as well. That's facts. Man, so this was fun. I enjoyed this. Yo, we these are going to be fun going forward in the future. We hope you guys enjoyed hearing our off-the-cuff responses to some of these questions yep. and topics. We're definitely going to keep doing them in the future. And we are excited about stuff that's coming forward. You guys keep your ears open because there's going to be a lot of information dropping on everything that's going to be coming up. Anybody else got anything to say before we close out? I just want to say legitimately, I can't say from the bottom of my heart how much I've appreciated the support for this first season of this podcast. We kind of just put ourselves out there and we're flying by the seat of our pants because we had no clue what we're doing, but we are, we're bringing you, the more we get it together and the more the podcast spreads, we have just some banger guests, some amazing topics coming up. I'm genuinely super excited about the topics because these are the things that I've been dying to hear about and have not had access to it. So this podcast is here for you, man. We're trying to make a better place for everyone involved. So if you want to hear specific topics if you want specific guests be specific don't just be like do bios do interviews you know what i mean we, we we need to know who do you want to hear from what are some topics that we're not talking about and if you feel more comfortable inboxing it to us go ahead and do that but the more we grow the more we want to just tell stories i think and talk about things that are unsaid and we only know what we know you know we can only see dance from our perspective and our point of view of the dance world and we have i feel like a variety of ages we've got two different genders we've got you know we've got different experiences and different parts of dance and we're trying really hard to get guests on that represent different points of view but if we don't know issues if we don't know the issue exists then we won't be able to speak on it so just thank you for giving us a chance I hope we continue to serve you all in season two. I'm just really excited for everything we're going to bring and sending you lots and lots of love. Yeah. Bet. Share it with everybody that you know. Comment, subscribe to the channel. Let me stop. <laughs> Click the like button. Smash, smash the bell. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that's all we have for today. Thank you for listening to the Brazilians of No Cap podcast from your host, Archie, Jamie L., Ifosa, Amber, and Jesse. Muito obrigado. And until next time, stay up. <laughs>